Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. Very special guest today. Shannon Shore is joining us from Atlantic City. Shannon, how are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing better. Both of us, I know we, we had to reschedule the podcast. You had a flight, um, I guess, delay or adjustment, and I actually got pretty sick. So I'm glad that we were able to, to find time to fit this in now. Uh, Shannon, great to have you on. And, and tell us a little bit about what you got going right now. You're on the, in the middle of a tournament as we speak. You got a day off. I am. I'm in Atlantic City. Um, I played, I'm playing WPT Borgata up here. So uh, made it through yesterday and I have today totally off, which is always nice. Yeah, it is. It's good. Also, Atlantic City, a special place for you, correct? You met your, your now uh, fiance there. How many, two, five, six years ago? I did. Yeah, it's been almost uh, six years ago. We met on Tinder um, when I was up here for the 2014 WPT Championship. Uh, she uh, worked and went to school about a half hour north of here. So, uh, yeah, you're right. That's the swipe of a, you never know. I tell you that swipe can be a, a magical one. So did you tell me a little bit about that? Because, um, that that's a, uh, it's not really, I wouldn't say unusual. It's actually more common than not. I think the majority of people that I now that's like, I mean, whether it's Tinder or a form of online, uh, apparatuses meet, how, how was that? Like, uh, did you ever imagine that would lead to, to a marriage? Were you looking for that kind of thing at the time? Or were you just kind of having fun and, and just, you know, playing around and, and, and it, it worked? Or was that something like, all right, I'm going to meet my, my dream girl here? Um, I definitely wasn't looking for it at the time. I, I guess I met her when I was uh, 28 or so. And I was just throughout my 20s, I was just like a serial dater kind of. Okay. Uh, I, you know, living the lifestyle of a professional poker player, just constantly being on the move and stuff. Uh, it didn't really lend to like having, you know, serious, uh, relationships kind of. Right. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I was just, just, uh, having fun and Tinder was huge then. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely the best thing that ever happened to me though. She's the absolute nut. Uh, she's so supportive of me and it's like meeting her has changed, like exponentially made my life better. That's awesome. And now, yeah, I think, uh, it's safe to say that you need to, you need someone very, um, you know, accommodating, very understanding with poker because it is a blessing with the freedom of schedule, but it's also some long hours and, and, and traveling and whatnot. Was there any resistance from from her on playing poker? Or was it just like obviously she knew that right away, right when you guys met? But was uh, was she just like, oh, this is great, this is cool, or was she like, oh, this is kind of different and and a little scary? Uh, she's been great. She have she's like super uh, well traveled and sort of uh, open-minded and worldly. So she was uh, completely open-minded to the idea. Uh, she lets me do, you know, she doesn't care. I get to live my life like how I want to live it. And I hope that, you know, she's doing the same. Uh, yeah. She's just been super supportive as has everyone in my life, which I'm like super grateful for because I know a lot of people like there's a stigma around poker sort of like unfairly. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I guess that just happens. Yeah, I want to ask you, so on that note, you grew up in Alabama, and what was that like in terms of playing? You know, I see you're the number one all-time earner for tournaments in Atlanta. I see Hoyt Corkin, notable uh, distance second, but there's not a ton of 
um, poker from Alabama, at least that I know of. What was that like coming up in Alabama and your family and saying, all right, you know, I'm playing poker professionally. Was that something that they were supportive from the beginning or was this a bit tricky to, to get in the minds of your family? Uh, they've definitely been awesome. I, I got started playing poker. I played, it's funny. I played as a kid when I was like, you know, eight to 10 years old, like in my family, we would play like, uh, uh, seven card stud and stuff for, you know, for nickels. Um, so I actually was exposed to poker back then. Uh, and then I remember like in high school, somebody's and I would like bet small amounts playing like golf and ping pong around the neighborhood. So I like, had some exposure to gambling and maybe that sort of like uh, in my subconscious led to me, you know, going down this lifestyle. But I, I've always been like a big math nerd and stuff. So uh, I got started playing online and I lost for, I lost a few thousand dollars, like $50 at a time. Right. Uh, when I was, I guess like 18 years old, maybe I should say initially we started playing uh, house games, like, around my uh, college apartment and dorms at the University of Alabama. Right. Um, and then I deposited online and uh, sort of was still still learning the game. Um, but I was definitely hooked uh, playing party poker sit and goes and stuff. Was that your first site? Because I remember that was where I first deposited was party poker back, back then, I think. Was that yours as well? Yes, it was. I think early, early 2000 four is when I got started and it took me till around like mid 2005 to start winning. I actually met uh well-known poker figure, Jonathan Little online. And he sort of, uh, he was ahead of me probably like six or seven months. And he was, we were chatting on AOL instant messenger. And that was like, had we not had that like chance in our encounter online where we started chatting in the chat box, uh, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Jonathan, one of the most recent guests on the podcast as well, and does a ton of content and just kind of all over the place with poker. I mean, he's uh, very active. Um, that So that was one of your first, that was just total random. You met him like online, you were playing at the tables and started chatting or? Yeah, we used to be like, be regulars in the same sit and goes. And they're on party poker back in the day. Some of you may remember there was sort of like a, uh, there was a messaging service of some kind. And mm-hmm. one day he was like, I was berating, uh, some players in the chat box like I used to do yeah. and message me like stop berating these fish message me on AOL instant messenger or something. So I did that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the re- rest was history. I kind of started, he taught me that I started winning and uh, early 2006, I went, I'd won a trip to go play the uh, Australia, the tournament, the Aussie millions. Yeah. And I'm looking right now. Let's fl- flash over there. It's pretty, I was just going to ask, cause that's kind of a wild, like <laughs> here you are from Alabama Looking at your first, your hen and mobs are all, um, you know, pretty exotic <laughs> locations, Australia, um, Bahamas, uh, Vienna, and Spain. Your first four caches are all international. It's pretty, pretty wild. Uh, so tell me about that because that, that's kind of, I mean, that's pretty exciting to just go from like playing online poker in Alabama and now you're, you're playing the main event of the, the Aussie Millions in Australia. What, what was that kind of like to tell your family and friends, hey, I'm going to Australia because of poker, playing yeah. in Australia. It was such a surreal experience as a, I, much of those are those international caches were because of the fact that I was under 21 and couldn't play in the U S mm, right. So, uh, yeah. I was kind of crushing on party poker. So I, uh, and I saw some guys, I remember like Alex Jacob, uh, winning something live and basically I was just hooked ever since watching the world series broadcast. Like I just want, it's felt like the next step to play like the big stakes live. Yeah, I mean, so you do, you now go over there and actually it looks like a few U.S. players, some, there's a known Nanad Medic, uh, 
but not a lot of other guys, Kenneth James. I see a couple Americans over there, but what, what was that like then for you with the, so you had zero live experience or had you played at any local casinos or anything at that point? Or did you literally show up and this was like the first live poker you played? I'd played like a few live underground games in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, but uh, other than that, I'd never even like traveled farther than say like Nashville, Tennessee kind of. Right. Uh, so it was like very local to my, uh, to my region. And that's a pretty ridiculous result. You end up getting to talk about the bug. If you're into poker now, I mean, I can't imagine you go internationally, you get off the flight, you're in a very foreign country, you're in Australia and you end up final tabling. What was that like for you just to, to kind of proceed through it? Was it something, did you do any preparation for this in terms of tournaments? You were playing mostly sit and goes at the time. It sounds like. Um, yeah, mostly, mostly sit and goes. And back, back then, I don't even know that there was many ways that you could like expose yourself to getting better other than like talk, you know, chatting with like my couple of, couple of uh, poker friends. Right. But, uh, yeah, I went down there and <laughs> it's funny. I, my, I'll tell you what my preparation was. I remember, uh, there was this guy named, uh, Adam Dumovic who uh, used to play uh, party poker sit and goes with us. Don Flume was his name. And he told, he told me. He'd like, I think he'd won something live and he was like, the key is to drink a couple beers before every day of the live tournament. <laughs> tournament. And I, here, here I was 19 or 20 years old and like can't legally drink in the United States, but very much was doing so. Right. And now here I am in Australia with like a lot of cool people that I've just met that I've been playing online with. So that was my method and it definitely like took the nerves off and I just went fucking like bananas trying to bluff everybody and stuff. And it just always works. <laughs> so uh, wow. actually, a couple of times it didn't, I got caught and I, but then I just won the all in. So that's, nice. that's kind of what it took. <laughs> that's amazing. So then once you hit the final table, you, you had locked up, you know, 60 grand, you had already, you already probably, yeah, you said you won your way there. Um, was it, I see Antonio Espandera took 11th. Like, were there some names at this point? Were you, were there any people in poker you really looked up to or respected? Um, you know, that, I, this was an exciting time. This is sort of the the prime time of poker and it got really popular on ESPN and on uh, World Series. Um, was there any of that? Any any types of players you were you already knew and you were kind of really immersed in it already or were this all brand new to you when you saw them? There were people that I sort of learned of as the uh, trip went along, like uh, Lee Nelson, who I think is a pretty big name down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nanad Medic, who I'd, I'd learned was like an online crusher and it was evident because he was just so much better than me. Uh, yeah, Ty Lee Nelson ended up winning it, huh? He did. Uh, the guy played well. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Won the million dollar tournament and, you know, he's got, it looks like a pretty good resume, but I actually never heard of this player. So he's, he's a local legend and just, just took it down. I think so. Yeah. He and I played a big flip with uh, four left. I remember, and I was on the wrong end, but, uh, I'm glad everything happened the way that it did because it led to this moment, me being on the podcast with you. Yeah, right. It all and everything kind of you know finds its way to where I do. You, do you think of that sometimes, like certain flips or hands or or situations? Are are you a big um, kind of energy person, or do you, do you just kind of feel like things shake out how they're supposed to? Because it is kind of wild, like right, like the the one flip or one 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 moment can really swing a career or swing swing your path. Do you think sometimes it's just meant to be certain different do you think like that or just kind of think everything just 
the tournaments shake out how they do, or do you think there's like a reason to it? You know, cause that is, it's kind of, it is crazy to think like a flip could determine the difference between someone even going to Australia. Cause talk about winning or taking fourth, which is almost like a win, right? Your first ever live tournament to mm-hmm. go and just score $200,000 is pretty crazy. But um, you know, it, it is a big difference cause you might not even got to go, right? Like if you don't, if you don't make it to, to go to Australia, your career could be different. Maybe you don't play as much. Maybe it doesn't become a thing, but, you know, it, it, the butterfly effect, does that do, does that stuff weigh on you? Do you, do you think about that? Absolutely. Um, I've thought about that a lot over the years. Um, yeah. I mean, for every like sort of success story of, you know, of you or, or me, there's, you know, thousands of guys who like, you know, lost that crucial flip earlier in their year who like for, for much of my career, I actually was like very, uh, it took a lot of like the dissolving of my ego to where I wasn't so like, where I didn't like look at everything negatively or sort of, um, yeah, where I didn't feel like entitled to sort of winning uh, or feeling like I deserve to win all these flips when like, <laughs> it's just a game of poker, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, now I'm in a really good place where I'm just sort of very uh, stoic and I just like love playing poker and I appreciate, I kind of like the downswings are like currently I'm on a downswing after like having a great year, but it's kind of like just fun, like <laughs> sort of right. trying to navigate my way out kind of. Uh, it is, it is a, it is an interesting, it's really interesting. Cause I, I do, I, I would say personally, I could say that too. I do feel there's times where whether it's a downswing or it's just kind of interesting how in, in especially tournament poker, not so different than cash games, but the variance is so intense. And it's like, you literally could lose these flips or just seem like nothing gets going or not cash. I mean, I don't know if you know your longest non-cash streak, but you know, I've heard some people's and it's insane. And, you know, I've, I've definitely gone through some, some rough spells. And then there's sometimes you just feel like you can't, you can't miss, right? It's just like you win every flip, you're behind four to one and you win. Uh, it's just, it's bizarre. And just, I guess it's a law of math numbers. However you, you slice it. It's just, uh, I think it's important to keep even keeled, right? Like you not get too high when you're, when you're doing well and not get too low if things aren't going well. How do you find that you're able to deal with that? Do you have any tricks for dealing with that type of, uh, staying even balanced, even keeled? Mm-hmm. Well, for that, that was well said. First, I think that like the human mind is not made to sort of deal with these. Uh, we're not made to like handle this in stride. Kind, of, I would say. Right. Um, I have like a pretty strong uh, mindfulness meditation and yoga practice, which has mm-hmm. like taken me from like some really dark times. A few years ago, I was just like basically getting killed. Although I sort of deserved to be losing because I wasn't really putting the time into like studying poker. I was just kind of playing, traveling, playing casually, kind of partying, you know, showing up at the tournament stops. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was uh, a kind of tough time for me. And now that I've deepened my, uh, my mindfulness meditation, uh, I am my, I just have such better control of my attention. So I'm much, uh, I'm better at feeling my emotions when I'm, uh, you know, if I, you know, break 10 or 12 tournaments in a row I'm like when I start to feel that entitlement coming on I just sort of recognize it and remind myself like this is what I signed up for this is how tournaments work like you mentioned the math of um, you know just the law of numbers kind of and uh, yeah I think but it's this has been probably a decade of like meditation and only very recently was have I gotten to a point where I think I really truly am able to accept the results it's really hard not to be results oriented 
Right. And I think it's it's important to remember, too, with that, with the math and, and a lot of 80-20s, a lot of 50-50s or, you know, 53-47s, these type of situations. It's it, it's it's important to remember that it's happened to everyone, right? Because, like, there's times where I'll lose, you know, you get your big aces or kings all in and you lose and you're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, but this happens all the time, right? Like, tournaments, these kind of hands are going on. People are getting knocked out. People are playing bad and losing. But there's also people that are, you know – it happens a lot where people lose with the best hand. And it's just part of the nature of the game. And I think it's important to put that in perspective. And like you said, you're able to do this for a living, be able to play a game that has you know, allowed where I think most of us that have been around for this long, we put in similar stories where we started with $50, $100, $2, $3, $4, $500, I don't know, $1,000, you know, $50, so a small number of times. And we sort of parlayed it into um, – these type of results and, and being able to play bigger buy-ins and you know, I don't know if you sell action or it or different buy-ins, different, different things, but you know, it's pretty crazy. It's a pretty crazy ride, right? Like it's like, it's been enjoyable. Uh, it's a lot to be uh, thankful for. And I think it's safe to say, right? Like you would, you wouldn't want to trade what you've done, right? You've got, you've got an experience done. So meet so many cool people, go to so many places, be on your own timeline, your own schedule. It's a, it's a gift to be able to play poker. And, and I think you can apply it to a lot of areas of life. So, um, you know, I, I've talked with you before about this and I, and I know that's sort of how you feel. What, what do you think you would be doing if you weren't playing poker? I was studying civil engineering at the university of Alabama. Um, until right around the time I got, like really big into online poker and then sort of uh, my dedication to that self and partying at the university of Alabama kind of uh, took control. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I never, I've always been sort of very, uh, a march to the beat of my own drum type of guy and just sort of going into a career and working a nine to five just never really vibed with me. Mm-hmm. So uh, once I got the taste of poker and sort of saw like kind of crunched some numbers and figured that I could do this uh, and make a living. Yeah. I just, I just went like, felt like I had to pursue that path and I kind of like poured everything into it. And is it true? You, you were, so you did, you dropped out of Alabama and then you played for poker and then did you come back and you finished your degree? I did. Yeah. I felt compelled to, um, to finish my degree just because I'm kind of one of those people that when I start something, I really want to, to finish it. And that's probably, that's not always a good thing, I don't think. But in college, it was just really – actually, I'll tell you why it was important to me. is because I used to care so much about what uh, other people thought, mm-hmm. I think, in yeah. retrospect. I think it's fair to say most people, most of us do. We all, you know, subconsciously, you know, are, are looking at that or worried about what others think. It's definitely natural. Um, can relate to that. Uh, it, that had to be hard to come back, though, because after you – once you get the taste of that – that, that life on the road and, you know, playing for millions of dollars and, and these type of things like to just say, okay, you know what, I'm going to go back and finish this off. Cause you know, I remember when I got done with school, I was so like, I would wake up and have nightmares. Sometimes like I still had tests or something to study for. <laughs> like, I don't know if you ever had that like a year or two after school or something I would wonder, I would wake up and wonder if I was still in school. And I mean, it was a great time. College was a lot of fun, but still it's like, the homework and you know, being on that, getting to enjoy that life. How did you make that decision? Did you, was it something you just said, woke up and were like, I'm going to go back or did you have a time frame set where you said, you know what, I'm going to go play some for hit these events. And then after this, I'm going to come back. How did you make that, that determination? Uh, I knew early on that I was definitely go, going to come back. I was about halfway through and um, I don't know something and, it's hard for me to like explain it, but something inside of me, like I wasn't going to allow myself not to finish, I guess is a 
sort of growing up too in the U.S., right? Like institutional education is like such, um, it's just the thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's quite possibly like the biggest scam <laughs> in the U.S. But um, yeah, that was that was just what everybody did kind of. And I, I was always like kind of excelled in academics in school too. So I, uh, I just really wanted to finish it, but yeah, it was super hard. It was a really tough decision. I actually like 2006 was a huge year for me. And then uh, 2007 was a little bit rough um, where rough in the sense that I gave back maybe 15% of what I, what I won, but I really wanted to uh, really wanted to go back and finish. And I sort of designed my classwork such that I could, I had like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday classes. So I still escaped to like some uh, tournaments, some live tournaments. And of course, back then online was still huge. So I, uh, I played a lot online. Right. And when, when, and so when did you go back? When did you leave and when did you come back? I'm sorry. What was the time? I, I left in uh, early 2006. I skipped that early semester and then I came back to start, uh, start 2008, I think. Yeah, I'm just let's look here because yeah, you're you're uh, Hendon Mob, very exciting. So you go you go fourth in Australia, then you go down to the Bahamas. Was that your first time in the Bahamas? Then 06? It was, yeah. So you got second for seventy five, nice score, exciting. Then you go over to Vienna, uh, nothing crazy, nothing crazy, and then all of a sudden in summertime, we uh, you go out to Vegas. Was this your first time in Vegas in in twenty two thousand six? Was this when you were just twenty one then? Yes, I just turned 21, like a week or two before, actually. Wow. So you go out there, you take second in Tahoe at a circuit event. So you don't have a win yet. You got the fourth, second, second, fifth, some final tables, a third. You're, you're dancing around. And then all of a sudden, the Bellagio Cup hits in July 2016. You do take first in this one, $1,000 buy-in. What, what was that like to get a trophy, get the, get the win? It's hard to, you know, in tournaments, it's hard to win, as you know. We both know. Uh, what was that like to get that first win? That was really cool. I can put myself back there. Um, I remember like back then it was, uh, there were so many of us uh, who were kind of emerged, like coming from the online scene to like playing live. Mm -hmm. uh, There was, I remember feeling like a lot of pressure to, to win and like show people who I was kind of and stuff. So I had actually opened, I believe I opened the world series like, Oh, for 13 or something. And then I uh, went over to uh, Bellagio and had some success. And then towards towards the end of the summer, or yeah, like literally the last tournament of the summer was that 10K Bellagio Cup, which I won for probably six hundred thousand dollars. No, that that was for a million, right? That it it may say a million there, but we chopped. Oh, so. okay, okay. So, but so yeah, so you you do have a couple World Series caches. You get the first for one twenty six, and then yeah, you like you said to end your summer. Your first summer in Vegas, you do close that out, that last one. You guys, so you chop. So six, what in that range of some ridiculous amount of money. Um, I mean, what was that like to, to to take that down? I mean, that that was a huge bankroll boost, I imagine, right? I mean, you're, you're playing online. Things are good. You're, you're, you're obviously having success. But that's a big difference between tournament and cash games. Tournaments, if you're if you're a cash game player and you're you're solid and you're a winner, you're going to win. You're going to kind of slowly move things the right direction. Tournaments, there's a lot of variance, but if you do get a big score, especially relatively early, it's a it's a big deal. So, what did this do for you, getting you a bankroll boost? Uh, it it was huge. Actually, a funny story about that is I remember like making one of these other like rules for myself. I told myself I was gonna. If I didn't win like a quarter million dollars that summer, I told myself like I was going to go back to school right away and just finish. Um, I think 
I think I probably was like, I'm, or yeah, I was much more risk averse than uh, a lot of people who were playing poker at that time. And I think that probably comes from uh, like my childhood. Like my mom is extremely risk averse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's sort of was what my upbringing was. Um, so I told myself like, all right, I'm going to go back and follow this traditional path and finish school. If I didn't win a quarter million dollars, if I did, then I'd like, you know, just keep, <laughs> keep on the poker ride for a little while. And then, yeah, I just banked that literally the last tournament or if it didn't happen, I was probably going to, I'm going to head back to school. Wow. What a, what a, what a swing. So you, you get the score and what, what do your family think at this point? Cause they're probably thinking, oh, this is like maybe a bug or this is interesting. It's exciting. They're a little worried, right? Cause it's like, a, it's gambling still it's poker. They're they're They want to support you, but was this sort of give you validation? Was this kind of like, all right, were they maybe a little more relaxed when they saw that you, you, you plugged away such a large score or were they just going to support you no matter what? They, they're so amazing. Like I have two of the most like open-minded, awesome parents um, that they, like, I, I can't remember one time being questioned by either of them and what, you know, what I wanted to do. They, and my whole like upbringing, they always, you know, trusted me. They never like questioned my decisions, which right. was huge in letting me to like, allowing me to become my own person and like confident in myself. That's awesome. And what about in terms of that score? Did you, were you playing 10 Ks on your own at this point or did you sell some pieces? Did you do swaps? What was uh, your mentality on, on stuff like that? Cause 10 K buy-in, I mean, back then too, like I guess that, that was, uh, you know, that's, that was a big buy-in 10 K at that, that so you're 21, right? You're 21 at this time. Yes. Um, yeah, I probably had a net worth of maybe 200 K going into that tournament. I think I'd, I'd actually been like down swinging online as well. Um, going in that summer in Vegas. And, uh, I remember I broke off 10% to this, uh, Swedish friend of mine. Uh, but other than that, I, I played that 10, you know, I put up nine, I guess with wow. so what's that, like 5% of my worth, a little, little aggressive probably. Um, but yeah, I guess Back then, were there many 10Ks at WSOP? I can't really remember, but I think. I'm not sure. I mean, you're one year older than me. I think I came out in like 08 or something. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't even, that was your Jamie Gold one. I mean, that was the biggest one ever, too. You cashed that main event, though, it looks like, too, right? Uh, 06. Yeah, I, I gave that. it away in that main event. <laughs> that's also got to be exciting. Your first ever, the 10K WSOP, you're 21, and you're, you make the money um, and have a shot at it. So that's. That's exciting. So you hit the big score. Things are going well. What did, when did you move from just playing sit and goes? Were you at that point? Were you playing a lot of tournaments online too, or was it still play primarily sit and goes? I actually mainly played uh, sit and goes and cash, like no limit hold'em back in the day when like ten twenty and twenty five fifty, and I'd play like heads up on UB. Um, mainly like cash, no limit hold'em. I I I, remember, I can't remember. I think the sit and goes kind of started to die on. Uh, party more people were playing cash and stuff and then once once uh party and stars opened 2550 from like uh everybody was just playing that because uh like the games were so good and like money didn't matter at all back like 2550 back then was probably like the skill level of like one two online now you know yeah Uh, so yeah that was a that was a good time to be a poker player yeah, crazy, crazy time. So you, uh, you're still at this point though. You start, you travel. You're going to UK. You're going, going to Bahamas. You're still hitting all the stops. Are you, uh, are you? Once you're back in school though, are you like play? How, what would be a day like for you then? Would you, would you be playing more cash games? I guess when you have classes and stuff because tournaments are 
you know, such a long grind or in like, like Sundays, would you just like not miss a Sunday for tournaments? Or I don't remember if that was even a thing where like Sunday's big and they had a full schedules or no, I can't remember back then. They were, yeah, I would religiously roll out of bed on Sunday mornings, be so fucking hungover and uh, go get a little Caesars $5 hot and ready pizza and yeah. sit on my couch and play. And watch the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Play online Sundays all day long. <laughs> What was it like around there at your university? Was there other kids playing at all or some for fun? Or were you like kind of the only guy that you knew of playing? I think there were some kind of playing casually. But as as far as I could tell, I was the only one like really getting after it kind of. Did word get around? I mean, that was so you had already had you get this score then and you're back and you come back to school. Like was that was that? I mean, that must have been news in Alabama, right? I mean, like around this made. The, 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 the locals knew it, your school people knew it. I mean, a kid who wins a poker tournament for basically a million dollars on paper, and that's pretty exciting. Was that like people like, was this something people were talking about? They would come up to you and like knew about this? Definitely. There were def- what, definitely some articles in the local, local paper, and I think I did some, you know, some media bits locally and school newspaper, that type stuff. Yeah, so it was, I was, to a degree, I was recognized like around campus, I would say. That's pretty fun, man. It's got to be, it's got to be, uh, I remember playing cause I was playing, but a little, at that point I was playing smaller stakes, but I was definitely like known as a poker guy. There wasn't, a, it was not really, it wasn't like there was a lot of people doing it, but it was, it was an exciting and fast time, uh, on campus, but that's, that's really cool. That, uh, w- what was the, what other sites were you playing? Was it, was it at that point you were across the board, like on everything? Uh, I remember mainly playing party stars and UB. I remember your name on Full Till was Bluff for Rent. Was that your name on the other ones too? Yeah, I was Bluff for Rent on Full Till. I had a lot of success there uh, running good on turn- in tournaments. And uh, I was Baseball 1B on Stars. Didn't have so much luck there. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I remember. Yeah, I remember the Bluff bluff for rent and battling and seeing that name uh, uh, play a lot. And what about World Series? You've gotten, you took a second in 2008 for, uh, in a 2K do you have you have a bracelet or no? You have second a couple seconds. I do not have a bracelet. Yeah, I've got basically every other place uh, at the final day, probably multiples of every other place, but I uh, haven't been able to secure one yet. Yeah, I see. Okay, so yeah, second place. What what uh what event? Which one do you which one did, was the closest or you could taste? Like you were chip leader, just like you thought it was the one. This this last summer you got second in one as well, right? Um, or, or second. Yeah. It all runs to oh yes, I came second this uh, this time to Daniel Strelitz in the five k no limit. Yeah, um, that one that one I started heads up, uh, very slight chip lead, but uh, both both played bad and just I think got completely out decked from what I saw. Um, and then in 08, I played a guy named Matt Kakewon, uh, and uh, I think I started as like a three to two dog and couldn't pull it off. So. Uh, Hopefully we can uh, we can get there in the future. Yeah, I said I got the second as well and a five k with the some you know very close. It's hard, right? It's just, it's just like you get there and it's like you just don't know. You're talking about oh eight, and then here we are in 2020, and then you know you get those chances. They don't you don't know when they're going to come, right? Because it is it, poker's gotten definitely it's gotten harder. It's gotten more competitive, but um, you know it's uh, someone with your type of ability and and type of experience definitely goes a long way, but at the same time now that I'd say the caliber has gotten stronger as well. What, what would you say to someone who's getting into poker right now? What would be some advice you would give them in terms of the landscape and, 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 and what to look out for and to be prepared for? 
Um, I, I'd be remiss to, to not tell them that I don't think it's a great, great idea. Um, poker right. is just like extremely competitive right now, unless you're willing to like lay it all on the line kind of, uh, it's just not, it's just hard to like get the right ex- like education and exposure without like, you have to completely make it a lifestyle. And I mean, you, you can do it. Like if you really want to do it, you can, but also like, keep in mind, there's like lots of like downsides to this business. Um, it's very, very tough emotionally, unless you're really willing to like sit with yourself emotionally and, you know, not use like drugs and alcohol, like over, overuse drugs and alcohol. And there's so many, uh, I've dealt with pretty much every leak that you can, uh, <laughs> deal with kind of, um, but yeah, you have to just be, be willing to work really hard. And you, and secondly, you have to have like a great, uh, group around you. This is like for a long time, I feel like I've tried to go like to alone at this business. Right. And, uh, that's definitely not the way you need to like constantly be bouncing ideas and, uh, have, have, have the support of a group. Otherwise you're going to be way too much in your head. I was definitely guilty of that. Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about why you feel it's so important to have a crew in terms of talking about hands, ideas, concepts, uh, and, and why that that's important and what you've, uh, what your takeaways are from that aspect. I think like just, it's sort of a microcosm of life, right? Like you have to be willing to like hear lots of different ideas and, uh, for the longest time I wasn't, I think it was just like arrogance, honestly, that I just like thought I had all the answers kind of. And I was, I would have been like too hurt to, to, you know, hear that I played a hand wrong. Right. That like, I think it's complete. It's like, if you're not just like in life, if you're not completely honest with yourself about what uh, ways you can improve and hear lots of different ideas and stuff about it. Like I, like sometimes I'll ask, um, I'll talk with people that I don't even like that I know are like are not winning poker players just to sort of get their opinion and learn how they uh, think about hands and stuff. Cause it does, it will, you know, help your, help your game. Yeah, it's so, true too. It's a good, that's, that's uh, it's important for sure. Um, what, what is, uh, what, what is in terms of the current landscape of poker? What do you think about seeing Michigan, Pennsylvania come online? You've got, already Delaware, Nevada, and um, New Jersey. Uh, what is your thoughts about a resurgence of poker? Do you feel like, I mean, live poker seems up. The numbers seem good. The events seem good. You, you know, you've been on a really big tear. You're top 25 GPI right now. You put in a lot of volume recently. What, what's your take from the field there? Like with what's going on in the current live poker? Let's start there with live poker at the moment. Yeah, I mean, maybe I misspoke in saying that like it's a bad time to get into the game, really, because these live tournaments are just off the hook, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're good, right? Like, I mean, there you see a yeah. lot of value. like. How would you say that though? It it, it compares because let's just say right now the numbers are at an all time high or, or seem to be going up. I think it's a reflection partly of of Twitch, of YouTube, of content. I think that people are kind of you know there's some great coverage as well. Poker Go, um, the the other all the major sites have their own series. So there's some there's some cool stuff going on with that. But at the same time, let's say the numbers are higher, but the the core, let's say in a thousand person tournament like the Borgata, this thirty five hundred. How would you say that compares now to like ten years ago or fifteen years ago? Because let's say there's some really weak players, but like the top, you know, 
in terms of the actual capable players that could win or that are tough, you know, I would imagine the fields get harder, deeper, right? Like it's like when you get down to 50, 60, 30 players, like you're going to run into a lot of familiar faces, maybe more so than back in the day. Um, it may be, is that fair to say it's harder to pull off wins or is it it's still profitable though, right? Cause if, you know, if you get deep in those tournaments, you're going to make money, you're going to cash, min cash, make some money, but I don't know if I have a good grasp on this. So I'm trying to get a better feel. What do you think based on what you've seen and, and how does that kind of play out and that, and give a, give us, give us a now and maybe 10 years ago difference from that perspective. Um, yeah, I would say there was much like nowadays, even people that are sort of uh, yeah, maybe yeah, nowadays down the stretch is definitely going to be tougher. And it's def- like, it was definitely softer 10 years ago. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, they're still really, really good. So like, I, I think you can't, like, another important thing if you want to give poker a go, a go is, like, that you're well bankrolled, especially if you're just going to play tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I almost exclusively play tournaments these days. And, uh, like, I, I make sure that I'm, like, very well, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't just, like, flick, you know, four or five percent of my wealth in at a tournament. Um, so, yeah, be, being, like, well bankrolled for these things and sort of not having the financial pressure. <laughs> Excuse me. Not having the financial pressure of like every flip mattering so much is just absolutely huge. But yeah, to answer your question, it's I think it was definitely softer ten years ago. And you're correct in saying like down the stretch, it's like much tougher. Back then, it was just like anybody could be in the top in the final thirty, basically. Yeah, and it is. Uh, what about online? Do you still how how much poker are you playing online these days? Do you still try to get in a schedule when you can? Um, are you yeah? Your thoughts on online at the moment? I played uh, a little bit on- online last year, like during the summers, and then I went down to uh, I went down to Mexico and played W Coop after not playing online for a while in September, and it was like very humbled, honestly. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I've never like real like back in the day, I enjoyed line because it was a vehicle for like you know making money and stuff, but I, I just don't really enjoy like being on electronics or like being in my <laughs> being in my house like playing online poker that much I would much prefer in order for me to have a balanced life like I figured that the hours that I dedicate to playing live tournaments and the hours that I dedicate studying it's like enough for me to like you know live the lifestyle that I I want to live and there's still there's like some good online spots that I play but I'm you're not going to find me like grinding uh grinding every Sunday I just I kind of need those days additionally I'm in in a relationship and uh hopefully going down the fatherhood road soon right Uh, We've been talking about that. <laughs> so uh, that's like, you know, I want to spend time like with friends and loved ones and stuff, but some of the spots I'll, I'll take. For sure. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. And, and, and what do you think about the, the no huds and the aliases and just in general, like, cause it seems like a constant battle, right. With the, the pros and the, the solvers and these different type of things. And like, all you know, from that perspective, what are your thoughts about online and, and where the game is? And do you use a HUD? When you play online, um, I, I do use a HUD. Um, it's removing HUDs from the game would definitely hurt my bottom line. Um, I though I think like like I I think for the long sort this is sort of the same argument as like the unlimited rebuys I think or unlimited reentry. Mm. Um, it's like we do kind of need to think in terms of long term uh, sustainability of the game. So I think uh, yeah, like removing HUDs and sort of. Uh, letting people like people have to have a chance to win. Right. If it's like all the best pros with all that have all like the HUD, you know, HUDs and stuff, 
it's going to be tough for like rec players to win. Um, so yeah, I think we have to talk in terms of long-term sustainability though. If these tournament numbers keep growing, like they are like <laughs> everything, I mean, if something's working, like don't fix it or if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, a, you see if New York comes on, I mean, you you got the Michigan just passed. It's a decent one. Pennsylvania is a big state. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it is interesting to think about if the U S like really got activated back, what that would mean. And mm-hmm. that could change, I think, in a lot of people's overall uh, outlook on, on if they would play more online or not. But uh, tell me a little bit about Black Friday, what that was like for you and how that shifted maybe your what you were doing. Because at that point, that was April 15, 2011. Were you, were you heavy online at that point, playing still? Yes, I was, I was playing a lot online at the time. Um, I, I had actually just – I finished uh, when I went back to school and finished, that was like, I think the fall of 2010 or something. So I bought a place in my hometown of uh, Birmingham and was like playing a decent amount online and then traveling to some live stops. Yeah. Um, but I actually look at Black Friday as sort of a blessing in disguise for me because it allowed me to like, it made me travel. Once that happened, I was just constantly traveling. Um, and it just like was so good for me as a human being to like, travel the world i've so i've been so fortunate i've traveled to i think 40 countries as i'm sure you have too you know i know you'd say the same thing about travel it's just like travel is the best drug and new experiences are the best drug and exposing yourself to like different ways of life and sort of unlearning a lot of the stuff that like you've learned along the way yeah is, uh, i think it's everything yeah i mean i remember where i was when it that happened and i think again it's like uh kind of one of those things that it's not about what happens, how you react to what happens. I think in the moment I was very upset and like, Oh, this is like going to mess up every, what I'm doing. And, you know, just going through the motions, I think even, um, yeah, having that, I, I just remember being pretty unhealthy too. I was just like not really working out as much. I would wake up. It's like crazy. Wake, get out of bed. And there's like all these tournaments are going already and just, just hop in and play, <laughs> playing a lot, probably, you know, playing too much. And, you know, it, uh, it seemed like a really negative thing, but it turned out to be, great to be able to travel more, go to live stops, um, branch out and, and just be healthier in general. So, um, yeah, I can, I, I would say I agree with that. Um, and then in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, favorite stops, where's some, like, do you map out your, your year, like for this year, or do you kind of take it as it goes? Do you know all the live stops you're going to do, or do you sort of, uh, see, you know, go with each stop, take it as it goes? I've kind of got this, uh, this year looked I've looked pretty far on I think like through uh, through August maybe um, I'm, I know what I'm gonna do I, I'm I'm trying to travel a little bit less after uh, what's been what 14 years of lot lots of travel mm-hmm. I just uh, I've gotten to a point with where I like I'm trying the best I can to like sort of take poker down a little bit as far as like what role it plays in my life while I like I'm really interested in like learning new things and skill building now I've got like I'm in the best place personally as it pertains to like being able to learn like the less I travel the more I'm capable of like learning basically because when you're traveling you're just fucking exhausted all the time right so trying to uh I relocated to Vegas last year which, it, which I like because it cuts down on travel a little bit. I can play a lot of the good stuff that rolls through there. I can do some of the California stuff. Though mm-hmm. uh, so I will make a trip to Florida in April and uh, definitely have to go to Barcelona in August for that that big one. 
Yeah, that'll be that'll be a, that will be good. What about Burning Man? Have you any any plans of going back, or that conflicts? I think with it, or it's close. Yeah, it always seems to uh, conflict with Barcelona. Ended up, I had uh, there my uh, fiance and I would usually see her. We skipped it a few times because we would see her family during that time. Yeah, I'd love to. Burning Man was amazing for me. That was such an awesome experience. But for, it's like so much goes into it that I'd be cool with it making it like a once every seven year type thing. Right. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, we were there and I guess we were saying 2015 together. That was very fun, very cool experience. I, I, I've gone three times. I don't, I don't feel need to go every year either. It's like, it's great. It's fun. It's a production, but it's, it's worth it. And uh, it, get, tell me a little about your experience there and Burning Man. Well, how, who got you to go? Um, and are you glad you went? And, and what, what were some takeaways from Burning Man? Uh, I'm, I'm so glad I went actually. And I was playing a, a world series event with Antonio one night <laughs> and he invited me. And, uh, it was actually a, it was a, at a time, uh, when my fiance and I were separated early on in our relationship. And I was just like in a pretty dark place. Cause I was shout out to all poker wives and girlfriends out there because like dealing, like dealing with us and what we go through emotionally and stuff like it's very hard not to be like self-centered when you're like down swinging. And I know that has like at times had negative effects on my relationship. My fiance has just been like the absolute nut in dealing with me. Mm-hmm. This is fucking really hard. It's, it's tough and it puts you through a lot yet. It offers like such opportunity for growth. I think yep. it's made me like stronger. There's like, I'm convinced there's nothing in this life that could happen to me that I like wouldn't be able to handle in stride now. Kind of. Yeah. Anyway, Antonio invited me one night and I, I told him to, you know, it's like intimidating to like just commit to an event like that on the spot. But I went home uh, to a house I was renting in Vegas and I remember sitting in the hot tub and just saying like, I'm doing it. Like, especially a guy like Antonio that I respect so much, uh, you know, to turn that down would have been a mistake. And I'm really glad I went. Yeah. He, he got me to go as well. And then, you know, I ended, that's where I actually ended up meeting my wife in 2014 now wife. And, and we have our burning man son, right. You know, nine month old, we met her on the playa walking by each other. And uh, it's a, it's a powerful place. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, shout out to Antonio. He's, he's pretty much, that's the answer. Anyone who's in poker and has been to burning man, it's essentially Antonio, either <laughs> them or invited them or, you know, ask them to go because uh, that's his his thing, and he really lives by that. He loves Burning Man. It is a it's a powerful place. So yeah, I'm glad uh, glad you went. Glad I I'm glad I went, and and uh, hopefully we'll be back back again. Uh, burning there's I think our I mean I believe it's like a hundred and hundred and twenty something poker players in our the epic camp that we uh, had. So it's it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a lot a lot of a lot of poker poker. Um, poker people that have gone. So it's, it's, uh, it's very fun. What, uh, what other type of, do you go to some festivals or what other type of stuff do you guys like to do for your, yeah. Um, I love, uh, like I love dance music. We went to lightning in a bottle, um, this past, uh, past year. I'll, that may make, that may be an annual trip for us. That's the best festival in my opinion. It's like just South of Bakersfield, California. Uh, that was that was super special. I love camping and being outdoors, so it's like kind of one of those type experiences. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically, I love everything uh, outdoors: uh, hiking, biking, swimming, uh, yoga, just like walking around the park. I'm just like I grew up in nature, just like con- I played sports all growing up, so I just love being outside. So you if I'm poker, or what? Sports. I'm sorry. You played baseball growing up mostly. Played baseball, yeah, or everything really until like 
high school, but ba- baseball was my main focus. So, uh, I love being outside. So basically my time is either spent like reading, being outside or studying and playing poker or hanging out with friends. What's your, what's the favorite stop on, on tour over all these years? Which one do you just, you, you love going to, or you just won't miss? I really love Barcelona. I just love the vibe there, the beach, uh, like the music, uh, just the whole vibe there. Uh, I love everything about it. That's definitely, I would say the stop I look most forward to. Very cool. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a special one this, this, uh, August. So you're, you just got that circle on your calendar. Yes. Uh, yeah. I should be, I think I'll go to that as well. Um, what about just to go visit any places you've been in the world that you just love, uh, traveling to, or, or that you've gone to that has been special for you? Yeah. Joy and I have made some like pretty insane trips. Uh, we did, uh, 58 days in South America traveling all through, uh, we cruised all the way from like Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile. We hiked the Inca trail four days to Machu Picchu. So we just like, we're huge adventurers. Um, so South Peru was unbelievable. That's definitely one of my, uh, like leisure travel highlights. Yeah. We went to Machu Picchu as well. That, that is a, that's a, that's a high energy, very special, special place. Uh, in 58 days. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah, You literally hit every country there or or a lot of them. Uh, We kind of hit, or we hit most of it. We went down the West coast and, uh, went all the way down to Patagonia, hiked the W trail there. And uh, then, then uh, two years later, we decided to do the exact same thing and happened to be another 58-day trip. We did Southeast Asia. Uh, her dad and brother actually live in the Philippines. Okay. So uh, we spent, I think, three weeks in the Philippines. And that's definitely my highlight, the highlight for me in Asia. Um, actually, Japan also. I took a separate trip with some buddies to Japan. But uh, the Philippines is just unbelievable in terms of uh, – natural beauty and if you're into scuba diving it's incredible yeah we're I, we were actually it's weird because we were supposed to go to tokyo and then we had a didn't realize a visa we were like getting on the plane we, we stopped in london to, and we're on our way to tokyo and then didn't realize that we needed a visa for brazil for uh-huh. life, which was so we didn't go and then now we're we're supposed to go um do an asia trip as well now there's this uh wuhan virus which is kind of intense oh. this is i don't know have you seen that there's like yeah. pretty big outbreaks and whatnot going on just in that part of the world it's uh yeah just i don't know for i don't think we're going to be be going not going to bring a baby over there but i, I got to get a list from you for uh tokyo because that i just i hear that's just one of the most spectacular places so i want to make sure to get check that out and then go there I, it's uh would you go to other areas in japan or just tokyo uh, we went to other areas. We went uh, Tokyo, Osaka, and Kyoto. So, uh, like, cool. Kyoto was just unbelievable with the temples and just everything the Japanese do. They ju- they're just doing life right. It was yeah. a great time. We had my buddy Jesse Yaginuma, uh, yeah. it's, his father is Japanese, so he just, like, so Jesse just guided us all through. We had, like, a first-class, uh, he's fluent in Japanese, so we had a first-class uh, Japan experience. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, and, and in terms of meeting friendships and such in poker, is that is that another? Would you say to say a lot of your friendships, relationships have come from poker, either directly or indirectly? Most definitely. Um, so my my eight closest friends I've probably been friends with since you know somewhere between two thousand six and two thousand eight. Just to have people that. Because this is such like a crazy poker is such a crazy underworld that no one, no one could ever understand what like this game puts you through and just how how like uh, 
just being able to relate, as you know, with all these guys is just, it's everything. It's, it's really, it's interesting because I almost feel like there should be a, you know, and you see some of the guys that, that, that do some of the top players and people that sort of segue out of poker and then they find themselves in pretty interesting or unique jobs and positions. But it almost seems like there should be a uh, an aggregator, like a, a like a job like the, that can place people because it is, I feel like it's the way you describe it, it's true. It's like you get so much life skills, so much learning, dealing with emotion variance and like just it's it's not normal, right? Like the flick of a card, you could win or lose 500,000 or a million dollars difference or, you know, playing for high stakes and just have, you know, or dealing with 12 tables at a time and, and making decision making. Uh, it's kind of hard to comprehend. And I think people don't really understand, too, because like you'll have friends that don't get poker and they'll ask you questions and you just realize how they don't get it. You know, it's like, it just, it's like at a fundamental level, poker seems kind of simple. Like, all right, you know, a flush beats a straight and you know, Oh, it's lucky or he's all in the flush starting wins, but there's just, it's just such a complex game with so many nuances, intricacies, and, and sk- there's so much skill and it's like a, like a poetic, you know, poetry or it's like a, it's such a beautiful game that I think it's, it's kind of hard because you have to understand it and, and be so immersed in it to understand it. And if you don't, it's kind of hard to really appreciate it. Um, but I think like people like yourself or you know, myself, we've been in the game for a decade plus playing at the, the highest level. Um, you know, there's a lot of experience you take out of that and that can, you can hone in and use for other, other things. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like there should be like a way, like a, I don't know the word, you know what I'm saying? Like a way to like, filter out or when you are ready to, to leave like it, it, it's I feel like it's a very valuable thing to have on your resume and it's not necessarily um able to be placed correctly if you will you know because it's like you said like where do you go where would you go if, if you were to stop playing poker next year like what would you what do you see yourself doing do you have a do you have an answer for that yeah, I, I mean, I don't like the reality is I've been playing poker for 15 years so like my skill set lies in that um, I've learned, you know, and I've taught myself like finance related stuff and invent, I feel like I'm like somewhat well, uh, yeah, diverse as it pertains to like portfolio and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's just a, a total different skill set. but it's also like the best man, you know, like, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day at the table, how it's just like a video game. Like every day when you show up to a poker tournament, it's like, you never know what you're going to see. It's just like. <laughs> So I try now to just like sit back and enjoy all of it because it's like just deal, getting to deal with all the different personalities and see all the different like emotions play out in everybody. And, and just like, if you're able, willing to sit with yourself and just feel what, you know, what it puts you through and feel your different emotions, it's just like an unbelievable opportunity for growth. And, and how many, what, what was your, during your prime of online tournaments or, or cash playing, how many tables were you playing at a time? at your peak like the most like i was never too insane like uh maybe 12 but even then that felt like that felt like a lot to me i definitely now uh, i much prefer to play like like my skill set is much better for uh live poker because i prefer to like think kind i like to sit back and like weigh all the different like dynamics versus online you're often just like playing ranges and stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah, I like to like make exploits and, uh, but still like trying to have a fundamental base that I deviate from. But yeah, I, I never was really honestly comfortable playing more than four to six tables. 
Right. Yeah, it's a good number. I think especially you get over that amount, you're kind of, like you said, you're just playing ranges. You're not really honed in exactly what's going on. So um, I I agree. What, what do you think about, have you done any, in terms of content, social media stuff, you're on Twitter, you do Instagram. What are your thoughts on Twitch and vlogging and all this type of stuff? Do you, do you have, was that something that never interest you would you consider doing something like that or 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 what's your take on that um first of all much respect for what you do i have like to be able to run this operation like you do it's so impressive and it's like i appreciate i i know that i need to like give back more in terms of like i consume a lot of content but i don't like i don't put much out i've always been like a pretty private person right Um, so i i just kind of uh lay low i guess but yeah um I think it's awesome. I am trying to, I have, I had an interesting relationship with social media because like early on, like when I first started uh, playing poker, I had like a pretty popular blog and I was like pretty active on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. And uh, so I was like very much like creating a lot of content. And then uh, I don't know, I must've had like an epiphany moment where I, I don't know, for some reason it made like, I felt very, I mean, I was very self-absorbed and I think it came across in my, uh, how I presented myself online. So I, I sort of had a nest, I had a necessary like pullback from all of it where I told myself I needed to, you know, be less self-centric and get away from uh, social and just like making stuff about me and tried to be like as humble as possible. Cause that's uh, like, my dad is that way. And I think I like, so I get a lot of that from him, but now that's all, a lot of that. A lot of that also probably comes from the fact that I was like, so worried about what, what other people thought of me. I'm, I'm going to try to like be out, put myself out there more, maybe do some more writing or uh, posting some more on social as far as, uh, as far as being like a poker related, uh, like personality, like you are, you guys just do it too well. I don't think I could ever, uh, I, well, you know, I'll tell you what, like uh, the guy, I get amazed too by the guys like, you know, Jonathan little, I mean, I, I, I know he does a lot of content, but it's like, he had, I think something like he's written 17 books or something. And like, you know, so, I, it's just like, I can't even, the writing of a book alone is just so, such a tedious process and, and having it involved. And I mean, I, I uh, you know, his, uh, yeah, I don't just like the pokercoaching.com and he does like the week, you know, stuff. I mean, he's on like a, he's like a robot almost to the point where I almost don't know how you can even have like a life, right? You know, like where it's like, I, cause he has his two kids and he's mm-hmm. Seems like he's got a pretty good. We talked about a schedule and organization, but yeah, it's a different. It's a different uh, when you go that route too. I think you're also. It, it's just a different type of um, of uh, method and in you know different type of uh, outset goal. And I think I'm somewhere in between, but I I do see like the extremes, and it's 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 a it's a complicated fine line too, right? You want to be you want to give back, you want to share stuff, but you also want to be present you want to enjoy you want to be able to play you want to be able to have some free time and and, and i think it's a, it can be a rabbit hole too right like you 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 produce a lot of content but then you find yourself you know scrolling through and staying up with it and it, it can be a lot right like it's something nice about being private and doing your own thing too so i think it just depends it's good to be it's good to be realistic and be with what you're doing and and to be able to make a choice right i think it's important to decide what makes you happy and not do something that you don't want to do. It sounds like you were doing some of that and it wasn't exactly what you wanted to be. Exactly. I mean, the reality is we're like the test generation for this whole like social media and like worldwide exposure. And 
so when Facebook and stuff came along, I remember just like instantly getting that. It was like a drug, you know, like, Oh, I can talk to all these people. I can like present myself however I want. And that was like an insane <laughs> drug. Um, but I, yeah, I did, never really felt like natural. I don't think I was happier. I think I was just like, right. Like attention craving. Kind of. I was reading some interesting stuff about, they're saying, you know, we're basically cyborgs, right? Cause like, I guess the definition of a cyborg is if you have, you know, the cell phone, if it's, if it's like inside your arm or like if it's built into it, <laughs> where, where essentially it is, right? Like, it's like, all right, well, you're on your iPad, you're on my computer. The second I'm off computer, I have my phone, you know, you're driving, you're on your texting or calling. It's like, you're almost always on. And it's like, is it, you think about it in the next 10 years, is it that crazy to think that like, oh yeah, now it's like, instead of your cell phone, they're just going to like program it into your arm. It's like, sounds insane, but it's not. And there are, they're already doing stuff with uh, chimpanzees where they're programming into their brain, like chips. And they have that contact lens now where it's like, you know, cause remember the Google glasses, like that was essentially what it was. Right. And that was like, oh, seven or, or something or nine or like or 11, I forget. But now, I mean, yeah, it's kind of scary to think like that's sort of where we're going, you know? And it's, it, there's, there's a pretty draw the line. It gets kind of just like, and, and, and if you could just put a chip in and everyone's the same, you can download languages and stuff. I don't know. It's kind of, uh, kind of weird too, right? Where everyone just knows everything and everyone's the same, but I don't know. I don't know. Rabbit hole. But um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time we live in. I, I think that's a really interesting thing you said about we're like an experiment because yeah, this is like the first kind of uh, generation where this is ever even a thing. I've got a great book recommendation uh, along these lines. It's a book called Digital Minimalism uh, by Cal Newport that I read uh, a few months ago. And I was like, Digital read that, I'm sorry. What's it called? Digital Digital Minimalism. And it just, uh, it's taught me to structure my life in a way that I can sort of use uh, electronics and technology uh, as minimally as, as possible, sort of like to be productive and do what I want to do and, and still get the benefits of like being connected kind of by who Calvin Cal Newport. I think it is. Check that out. That sounds, uh, sounds refreshing. Um, and yeah, interesting. I also see here in 2013, you were honored by number seven on the GPI's poker player, of the decade list. So I guess was that in 2003, maybe the site was started or up, but they, they, within the decade, they put you a number seven on the uh, overall. Yeah, I remember that. I have no idea what uh, what goes into that formula. I probably wasn't the number seven player of the decade, but uh, we'll take it. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. I mean, that's that's uh, that's nice. You have over eight million dollars in tournament earnings, and and what about online? Is that you? Would you say you were overall in your career in terms of online and live? What's your breakdown? If you had to give out of a hundred um, pie chart of a hundred, what what breakdown are you online to live player? In terms of time spent playing, you mean? Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, if you would answer that, if you were more of an online or a live player. I think def- definitely more of a live player. Um, yeah, I kind of just like being able to, like, focus on, like, one hand at a time and, like, maybe put all my time into that decision. Um, online, like, I, I crushed to begin with, like, the first four years. And then I just played kind of, like, casually over the last, like, decade, really. And I've had like still had some pretty good results. I spent a time where I was just like grinding online cash for a while um, and was just like winning. But uh, lately, I feel like the online tournament scene, I mean, it's pretty fucking competitive. I mean, you, you know much better than I do. Where yeah. I think my time is better spent just like playing, uh, living the lifestyle of like an American live poker player. 
Yeah, for sure. No, it is. And I mean, there's, there's nothing really like getting a stack live. You go deep in a tournament and the room shrinks and the, the money's on the table and the bracelet, the it's fun. I mean, there's, there, there's, I don't think there's a greater feeling, um, you know, playing cash It's cash is cool, but it's, again, it's just sort of like, all right, you can just reload or there's not really like an end game. The fact that a tournament, everyone gets the same parameters. There's, you know, you, you get chips, the rebuy period's over and now it's, you know, let's see who wins. I, I think it's, it is the purest form. It's very exciting and, and rewarding to, uh, to do that. It's also cool how the hen mob, right. To keep track of the, the results, the flag kind of get, look back in time and, and, and have sort of a ranking a system to see how you're, you're doing is, is very cool. Uh, is that, is that something, do you follow along with that? Like, do you, do you keep an eye on where you're, how you're ranked, how you're doing? Is that fun for you? Or, or is it just sort of a thing on the side that you, you peek at once in a while? Uh, there was definitely a time in my career where I like cared about cared about all of that and stuff. But honest, now, like, I don't care at all. I wish, and you know, and I prefer for him and mob to be shut down. So I'm like not exposed in terms of like success that I've had in, in live right. terms, kind of. So I like I'm much more about like privacy and anonymity these days. But that that comes after you know a decade of like really like caring what I was. I had to sort of like balance it out because I cared so much about what other people thought in the past. And now I just like, once I had that breakthrough and like wasted none of my energy, like caring what people thought, it's just like, I can be free to uh, just play my game and not worry about career earnings or any of that type stuff. For sure. And what's it like living in Vegas? Uh, you said you moved there and, and what has that change been uh, for you to be there? How, how do you enjoy that? I love Vegas. Uh, like I mentioned, I love the outdoors. So there's lots of cool uh, hiking and biking and uh, you got Lake Mead there. Lots of cool stuff I can do outdoors while, uh, you know, having access to poker and stuff and the entertainment capital of the world. Right. There's lots of fun stuff going on there. Uh, I live uh, I live in a, in the suburbs, kind of like 17 minutes away. You're renting or buying? Or you- uh, renting at the moment while I figure it out. I think I'll probably purchase something this year. I got, I got uh, my condo there. It's I'm debating uh, selling. So if you're interested, it's at Panorama. It's a pretty, it's a cool spot. Um, I don't know if you've ever, Jared, Jared Jaffe rents it. And I'm pretty sure most 90% of the poker world's been in there. Uh, <laughs> so you, may have, you may have found your way there at some point, but uh, anyway, yeah, it, it check, check that out. If, uh, if you're interested, have you, have you been to, Pan- I'm sure you've been to Panorama numerous times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful place. I, I I owned a condo back in Birmingham. And then when I moved to Vegas and like got the feel of having a house though, like I don't think I could go back to condo living. Yeah, It's also better. I mean, if you're having a kid, you looking to have children, you want to kind of have a yard and that whole thing for sure. That makes sense. Um, What, what's some of the, what's some of the stuff you guys like, are you, you you go to some Vegas Knights games. You excited about the Raiders coming? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely excited about that. A lot of, uh, Joy and I live right on a park, so we spend a lot of time just like we wake up each morning, kind of wake up out there, whether it's like playing frisbee or you know, there's a frisbee golf course there, or like doing doing lap riding or riding bikes or running around the park. It's just like for me the most innocent way to wake up. Kind of wake up when I don't have to play poker. I like to wake up, go to the park, read, eat lunch, and just chill after what was like a pretty turbulent you know decade and a half of traveling and stuff. So I'm trying to like. I'm in the process of unwinding a little bit, I would say. Nice. And what, give me a routine daily. Uh, you go, you're going to play. So now you got day two Borgata, for example, you're in Atlantic city. 
what, what's it look like for you when you go to play live? Uh, do, you, do you like to work out, wake up, meditate? Do you, do, do you have a whole routine or is sleep paramount and sometimes you just wake up and roll raw to bed? Um, it, it varies. I, I do like highly value sleep, but usually I try to get in bed. I don't spend a whole lot of time like messing around after a tournament day. I prefer to like just be in bed and ready. My, uh, I, every day I uh, meditate 15 minutes, like first thing, ideally. Some, some days I fall off, of course, but I try to get back on. Um, I spend 15 minutes just doing my own meditation where I follow my breath. So that's how I start my day. And then I do probably a 15 to 20 minute uh, yoga and stretching routine. That has been one of the best things I've ever added. That, that along with meditation, like I would recommend that to anyone spending half an hour just on yourself, getting yourself ready to start each day. It's just, it gives you the sustainability and like longevity for, to like have a great day each day. But anyway, yeah, I'll do that 17, 15, 17 minute stretch um, and then like have breakfast and coffee. Nice. Yeah. I would say I, especially at this level too, when you start talking about people that know how to play and the game's tougher. I mean, if you just roll out of bed, I think they say it takes like an hour or something, even for your mind to start like working correctly. But if you stretch and do all that, it does go a long way. Cause I mean, there's no doubt there's days where when I feel like I'm rushing and I roll in and I just unbag my chips and you're that guy, you know, like who's bit, you know, you make the first hand, but you're just kind of sporadic, like get there early you're refreshed, you sit there, you get you unbag your chips and sort of like just the energetically things seem to go better than when you're just sort of, uh, you know, roll out of bed and, and you just, you know, you can tell you haven't showered or the person hasn't combed their hair and they're just sort of, they just sort of roll in to go. I mean, it just seems like the results are, uh, can be very different. Right. And then I think we've all, I've definitely done both, um, with, with playing a lot of tournaments and I would prefer to, to be more organized and, and go through a routine. So, yeah, that, that's good. Well, I got a good feeling for you at the Borgata uh, in this one. This is like you said, you met. This is where you met your now fiance, uh, Joy. It's a, it's a very exciting, and that's uh, it's, it's going to be. Uh, I got a good good feeling for you. We're gonna let's dive into some questions because we do have a fair amount. And again, we did we we pushed back the the original. So I think there's actually two banners here which is slightly confusing i think we have a uh, put it up twice but we'll just kind of let's not let's knock through some questions here before we do a 55 dollars ticket courtesy of party poker at the end we'll let shannon tell us when to draw that but uh let's let's take some questions here that work let's do it all right there's a lot of them so um okay that's in spanish i don't <laughs> know uh what in your opinion what is the best casino in las vegas Best casino in Vegas kind of depends on what you're looking for. I'm going to go with, I'll go with Win Encore. Nice. Poker playing. It's got great nightlife. Pretty good. Strong choice. I mean, it's just the core. It's very, it's a high end. Definitely the the marquee spot um, there. I'm with you on that. So, okay. Uh, Someone said a couple weeks ago, you're going to buy a sedan. You bought what color? (laughs) Uh, Went with a white one. Right then, yeah. was that on? You must have put that on Twitter or something. You got some people paying attention. Yeah, I took to Twitter to uh, get some advice on uh, what because I don't know shit about cars, so I just uh, I needed to upgrade my sedan. So I got some advice and uh, got some good ones. I ended up going with a Lexus ES three hundred and fifty. It's working out well so far. Very nice. Someone asks, "Have you ever duck of Dodgers? Have you ever thought of a zero to X challenge?" offline or online have you ever thought about doing that or uh, trying to build a bankroll for 
zero, you know, like you've seen some of these guys do a hundred to 10,000 or such. Has that ever crossed your mind? I uh, can't say I've ever considered doing it myself. I think it's like really fun and I'm sure it's like the following for that must be amazing, but I'm not like, unless I was like highly incentivized to do that for some reason, it'd be, I feel like that'd be a pretty big uh, time yeah. suck. <laughs> what you did, right? No six and, and back when you, yeah. started, you started with. with exactly. I've already done that guys. <laughs> ran it up. Um, how do you think poker will be in 20 years? Interesting. Um, I, I'm going to say it's going to be booming. I, I think poker's here to stay. It's just like, it's the best game. It's, uh, there's so many, uh, hopefully by then we'll have like, you know, full regulation within the U S hopefully the economy's booming. Uh, i I gotta, I think poker's gonna, gonna do well. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think of online poker? Online poker is great. It's an awesome way to build your skill set. That's how I, that's the kind of, uh, tool that I used uh, to get myself started. Um, it's a great way to get exposure. It's nice to not have to commute to the casino to play live. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. What it, the question is, what is your first biggest prize? So I, we did cover that, but what, would, what was the actual amount? Because then you said you made a deal. This was the, the one you got. Uh, I believe I walked out with like 575K to, for myself. It's juicy, very juicy. Um, do you make any... Uh, New Year's resolutions, challenges for 2020. Do you make some kind of to-do list? Do you have anything on your mind for this year? Um, I, yeah, I, uh, Joy and I kind of wrote down some things that we wanted to do. We want to become fluent in Spanish this year. I, I, I speak a little bit, but I'd like to be, uh, I'm just super interested in skill building and just like learning to the maximum this year. So I'm going to try to uh, just try to be my best self and learn as much as, as possible. It's nice to be in one place, like I said, so I can actually like get, wake up in my own bed and you know get to work on some of this stuff. Yeah, it's true. I mean, just being on the road, even with the, the making the flights and being there, it's like in the internet's not quite fast enough. You're on your phone, and it's like you're just dealing with getting on the Wi-Fi. You're on your phone, not your computer. It's it's a different it's a different beast to be on the road and, and being able to focus and try to try to do something. Um, I definitely agree with you. Uh, where's one place you hope to play poker this year that you have never visited before? Ooh, let's see. I'm gonna go. Well, this year I can't say I'm like dying to do much traveling, but I I'd like to check out uh, maybe the city of Boston I've never been and uh, check out that new casino up there. Maybe at some point the wind, the wind casino. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't been to that one yet either. Uh, how can a guy like me improve in poker? He says like, I play six times a month, nothing so serious, but what can I do to improve more wins? Asks Micmac life. Um, you have to like, studying is first and foremost like you have to be technically sound and know how to like deviate from that like baseline strategy based on how your opponents are playing so being just like well learned in poker is is very important a lot of people just play so casually you need to dedicate you know almost as much time as you spend playing you should be dedicated to studying it really has to be a lifestyle if you're trying to like go from ground zero to like winning in the game of poker. So yeah, you have to do that and be in like a great place both personally and financially where you can like actually deal with the emotional side. Cause the emotional side, like it may be worth more than like half of like poker playing's half and the emotional side's the other half. Kind of. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's, that's a good way. Good advice. Someone asked, are you not tired of poker yet? <laughs> I've dev- I actually did hit a little bit of burnout after uh, five dime and after like, what was a busy 2019 where I told myself, I almost didn't even make this trip to Borgata. I'd taken basically like a month off aside from going to LA to play the WPT gardens. But now that I'm here, I'm like, wow, I just love, love poker so much. I don't see myself ever getting tired of it. It's just all, it's so novel that it's not like you ever go and just have the same experience every day. You know, it's just so much fun each time if you, you know, sit back and enjoy it. How do you, how do you differ from playing for like a 25 K for a one K? Um, how does, how does that get you? Do you, do you feel that you respect it any differently or being on time or any types of things? Like, like how do you get yourself excited? Like you just played a one K for example, six max, I guess six max is fun. Um, but like, you know, do you, do you feel yourself just fun, excited to play any event or do you feel certain events get you a little more, you know, just kind of rise to the occasion more? Um, definitely. I mean, I, I enjoy playing every one, every time I sit live, I like, I shouldn't say every time, sometimes like if I've been playing too much poker, I'm like not very thrilled to be there, but it's just such a cool experience every time getting to like, try to figure it out. You know, it's like a puzzle every single time you sit down. Right. But yeah, like the, the 25 K's where, you know, you're going to be battling with like some tough players and stuff. Those are always uh, fun to get up for. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy it each time. I would say. Got a question here from Andre Samarikov asking, where do you invest your money? Uh, I'm somewhat uh, diverse. I, I have a pretty big uh, Bitcoin position. Um, I'm a, I'm a believer in cryptocurrency. Additionally, I have uh you know, some traditional investments and real estate. Nice. Yeah. I'm a believer in crypto as well. It's, it looks like uh, it's a fairly fun time uh, right now. It's getting, seems like it's right to break through, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's been a while actually right now. It's actually, it's actually one of the better spots it's been in, in a long time at this exact second. It's right around nine this right now. So that's good. That's actually up 4% today, but I mean, it's kind of wild too, right? Bitcoin is like, you have the investments, but Bitcoin never sleeps. It does not nine to five, the weekends, the weekends and all times you're just on, um, you wake up and it could be like 10% swings, uh, anytime, which is pretty crazy. Um, but how did, how did you get into that? How did you start getting in? Just, I mean, it's very common in poker, but was there, was there a time where you just hopped in? Um, what made you be a believer in that in crypto? I, I got in in uh, like early 17. Uh, okay. so I, I had like, an, a, was that 17 or 18? 17, I guess. 17 is a very good time. Yeah. You, yeah. So that was a like 800, 900 a coin or something. Yeah. I bought, I could be, it could have been 18. I'm not sure. I think 17 when I like, I got some Bitcoin and Ethereum and like had a nice run up. Um, who, who actually knows if it's going to win or not, but like, I definitely think it's, it's like, one of the best like financial opportunities we're going to have in our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you think about it from that perspective, if it's say it's 9,000 a coin right now, the odds it goes to a hundred or the odds it goes to zero seem pretty similar. So like, you know, I don't know, you're going to take it. It's like the upside just seems way better than the the down. But um, yeah, no, I, it makes sense too. this, the, the uh, crypto or uh, blockchain and then that type of uh, technology saving paper, all the, all the smart contracts and what, um, not so good to hear. I like that you're smart people. It's good whenever smart people are aligned. I like that it means better chance. It's going to do well. Uh, what is your longest vacation from poker? 
Uh, I would say a, a couple months, those two, uh, two month trips that I did traveling. Like I didn't even think about poker at all. I just, I think it's nice to take some times like that where you just like totally leave poker behind. And that way you're able to, cause I, for me, when I'm, I can't like sort of halfway play poker. I, I want to be, I don't want to just like go and play a, a tournament and then bust at 4 PM and then just like not think about it again until the next day. I would like, you know, do some studying or want to talk to people about poker or play, you know, jump in another tournament. Like you get the bug where you want to like build on that skill set, kind of. So, uh, but I, I do think it's nice to take like some extended breaks just to like completely like cleanse yourself. Like I just kind of did that. And I'm, I'm so, I feel like, I definitely feel like to start this Borgata series, I'm playing like really about it. Oops. Cut out there for a sec. You, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what happened. We like popped off the screen and then, uh, but you're back. I think I right. got you. Um, let's see oh yeah how did you start playing poker i forget i don't think i asked you that how did you actually like your family you were playing some with them some you know some different various games but what actually got you into no limit texas hold'em to put money online or start playing what 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 was that moment to get you did was it a friend or who said hey put money on party poker and go like how did how did how did you get on for the first time uh it was the fall of 2003 uh when uh, the big when money maker and all that stuff was going on on ESPN, like I mean, this story's been told like a thousand times by guys in my generation, but like that and Rounders mm-hmm. got my friends and I into it, and we were we were basically drinking at our apartments and dorm rooms every night <laughs> anyway as eighteen year olds, and then we just learned about this game, and then it was like the natural evolution to start gambling on it, and I ju- I just kind of took right to it. I remember my friends beating me up for like the first couple months of doing that. Then I bought a book. Uh, I think I started to win versus them. I deposited uh, online on party. And then, so I was like building my skill set pretty fast, even though I was kind of losing. And uh, I guess maybe a year or so later, I started winning and never really looked back. It's a, literally the exact same time, exact same site, exact same deposit amount. I just remember, <laughs> I remember loving the software too. Like I, I, I think there's still an option on party where you can like have that original one with the chairs. And it was like, Oh yeah. I love the software I, then like, it just like, it was something so nice about it, but it's so, <laughs> it looks so crazy right now. But um, yeah, man, I remember, remember the same time, a lot of fun. Um uh, how do you, well, we already talked about the future of, of poker. What's like the sickest hand that you've ever witnessed or played? Have you ever just seen like, what's the one that you just do just like, wow, like blew your mind or, or situationally was just so insane that like a beat or something that happened. Good oh, or bad. This is a tough one. I'm so bad at recalling. There's been so many hands. Um, yeah. I mean, if nothing jumps out of you, it's not a big deal. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I don't even one. know if I could think I've, yeah. My brain is mush from playing uh, poker the last two days, so I can't really recall. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your favorite team? Right? You like football, obviously. Crimson Tide, right? Yeah, Alabama Crimson Tide. I, I, I just realized I didn't give you any shit for us beating you in the bowl game recently. Yeah, I was I thought we might skate through that one, but <laughs> we'll take just that. We'll leave it there. Yes. Uh, you guys have got got a pretty good pedigree going through right now. Uh, been been some good years. Um, were they good when you were in college or was that like an off time for them? When I initially started college, we were not good. And then I took the time off and it sort of worked out perfectly. I came back like right as the championship runs started. started getting, getting going. Um, what are the hardships you have had to endure during a downswing? Has there ever been 
uh, time where you really did consider stopping to play where it was like, so kind of crazy that you were just like, wow, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. I, there's, I think all poker players have like questioned whether this is what, what we should be doing. I think I dealt a lot with just the fact that like, am I, is this what I'm going to be a poker player? You know, like, am I, cause it is kind of like such a solitary, uh, endeavor. Yeah. Um, so that, that like weighed on me a lot. I would say like, it was a huge breakthrough for me when I just like allowed myself to like, not worry about that. Like it's okay to like make money playing poker. And then like in my private life, you know, do other things that are, you know, help my family, help my friends, try to make the world a better place. Like it doesn't have to be through my career kind of. So that was, that was kind of a big, <clears throat> big breakthrough for me. Um, yeah, just like the downswings. My my career uh, was such that like I had a bunch of success early on from like 2006 to 2009. And then I kind of like just kind of hung out for like five or six years, kind of like no, no, like big, huge years, no, like huge losing years. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was watching my net worth sort of like just slide a little bit just based on expenses, but I was never like sort of financially in danger. But that, then uh, when it had gone on a little bit and like 15, 16 came around, I like started to have some like rough years and uh, still wasn't like in, in financial danger, but I was in, it was my first experience of like really like losing. I hadn't experienced like getting, uh, you know, just, just losing over and over again. So that was like, a, I needed to experience that. I needed to experience that side of it to sort of uh, have another good run like I did because I you know what I mean? You have to be able to see it from both sides to appreciate it. And I was just like playing casually. So I'm glad I had like some rough times where I was able to sort of get that exposure, you know, to see that side. And now, now thankfully I can, I have like perspective from both, both sides. If that makes any sense, what I just said. Yeah, no, it does. Makes a lot of sense. Um, are you more excited about poker today than you were 10 years ago, just in general? I would say that I am. I just love poker so much. It's uh, such, such a cool game. And like, especially now I'm just so grateful that now that I've been able to like relax a little bit for the longest time, I was just super fucking anxious, you know, always being on the road trap, having to constantly book travel, partying all the time when I was single, just fucking being obsessed with sex and like chasing girls and stuff. It was <laughs> right. It was quite the wild ride. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, now that I'm able to like, I'm relaxed, I'm in an amazing relationship. I can look back sort of on where I, at where I am and be like, I've had a great, you know, no matter what else happens, I've had a great career and I'm like happy. I have an amazing life. Like I'm super fortunate to have run good in a lot of spots to get here. So I can, I can actually enjoy the game and sort of instead of being so stiff and stressed and constantly like have being in a spot where I like have to win where it means so much to me. And what, what victory was the most significant for you? Do you have one online or, one live and online. I mean, I guess I would imagine the biggest one at that time, just hitting that huge, that win for 575,000. Is that the most significant live? Yeah, I'd say that's the most significant live just because it changed the sort of the scope of my career and online. I would have to go with, I had the really cool experience. I was just about to graduate from college on a Saturday in May of 2010. And that Wednesday I won the F tops, uh, Three, I think it was a 300 rebuy or something like that for, I don't know, like 180 dimes or something. And I actually had an exam on Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And I won the tournament at, I think, 5 a.m. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, local time. So I basically won that tournament and then went and took my final exam and graduated. It was an insane week. And so you, so you just stayed up until the exam, you won the tournament and then you, and then you finished school on that Saturday. Yeah. It was sick. Man. Yeah. That's a nice, <laughs> nice way to walk off. Yeah. Um, uh, college, you were, you were probably all yeah, energetic going into the exam. You were, feeling- <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Did you, uh, did you do well on it? Do you remember the exam? Yeah. I remember it was kind of like a formality exam, one that didn't, there wasn't much to it, but, uh, yeah, we, we passed. Nice. So then did, but then was it straight to sleep or did you kind of then go celebrate a little bit or it's like around noon, right? You're done by like noon. and Yeah. I'm- if I know me from those days, I probably like nap for a few hours and then, then started drinking alcohol. And then went for it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have like two sets of questions. We're gonna take a couple more, uh, and then we'll let, and then we're gonna do this this giveaway about sports. Uh, what's you, so baseball? You played actually though in high school, or which sports would you say your biggest sports you were into? Yeah, baseball was always my first love. I played that since like age five. Additionally, I played basketball and football from like. I don't know, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, maybe, or basketball way earlier on. Um, but yeah, baseball was my first love. I played high school baseball uh, in the state of Alabama, which was a really competitive baseball uh, state. So those are some of my fondest memories from childhood. What's your biggest buy-in tournament you've ever played? Uh, I've played a couple different hundred thousand buy-ins. Of course, I didn't. Uh, that wasn't all my action. But right. yeah. Yeah. Same, same here. What, what do you think about these million dollar tournaments going on? The million pound Triton. It's cool, man. People, uh, anything to bring, you know, people to the game is, is fine by me. Um, it's awesome. Importantly, people should know that like these guys aren't playing all on their own dime. Uh, and don't, <laughs> don't think you're going to like uh, get to this level and be able to take like huge risk and play million dollar, uh, tournaments. It's probably just not going to happen. Yep. What's your uh, what's your favorite hand other than aces? Give me your sneaky. Like, what's a Shannon Shore signature hand? Oh wow, I got, I got to go with like the ten nine suited or the Jack ten suited. I mean, every time you look down to that, if you have to fold that to like a cold four or something, it's just you know you know the feeling. Yeah, you just yeah <laughs> you try to do anything you can to get in there. Um, uh, okay, we got a couple more. We've already answered some. Is used to be. You've been the young gun at the table for many years. Do other players now view you as one of the old guard? How, how do you feel? Do you think you've do you think you've crossed over into that category yet, or no? <laughs> I mean, I think I think so. The reality is, all of us are in our like early to mid thirties now, right? <laughs> there's some young guys at like each local stop. I guess there's some like young up and coming guys that I'm sure look at me like I looked at I don't know somebody like Antonio or something back then or Negreanu. I, not to say I'm on that level of. Uh, celebrity or skill level but i'm just saying in terms of like somebody that much older than me um yeah so i'm, I'm sure some people look at me that way like an old timer what, what do you love most about poker i i just love the novelty of it how every time you show up you're going to get a different experience and i love that it's <clears throat> like i mentioned before i think it's such a microcosm for living your life it offers so much opportunity for growth given that you get to see all these different uh, personalities and people from all over the world. It's just every day. It's an opportunity to like get better both at poker and at yourself. Absolutely. Um, how much time do you spend studying? Would you say like studying versus playing now? I, I kind of study in concentrated periods, I would say like, or 
2018, I spent a bunch of time studying and getting, becoming like very technically sound. Um, and then early 2019, I made a, a delayed final table at the gardens. So I felt compelled to do a ton of studying during those uh, two and a half months. And uh, I, of course, like use solvers occasionally. Um, so yeah, I would say it's hard to put, yeah, at times I might, I might study 30 hours in a week and then the last month I didn't study at all. So it's kind of, uh, it, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you determine, let's say in this solver, if you know, you know, this board based on, let's just take an example of like an eight, four deuce board. And, uh, you realize like you're in the big blind, you defend and you have like a backdoor, um, two backdoor draws, a backdoor flush draw and a backdoor straight draw. And you know, maybe this is a good spot to check raise, but you just know, like, do you ever just, how do you determine to go for it or just say, you know what, like, I'm not going for it. We take live read into it or the player. You're just like, I'm not going to go for it against this guy. What would be like a factor in you determining to, to kind of a mixed strategy where that, you know, like you should, you could do it. It's not bad, but you just, may pass versus go for it. Do you look at maybe the player skill level? Do you look at some live reads and like try to determine, Oh, I think he actually, this guy may have an overpair based on like, where do you sort of make some determinations or, or, or some differentiating decisions when it's close? That, that's a great question. Do you randomize or no, not really? Yeah. I, I honestly don't do a whole lot of randomizing. I don't feel like playing live poker. It's that important. Right. Um, I could be totally wrong, but um, that's a great question. I was just talking to somebody the other day about like what an exciting time it is to be a poker player where there's like some people that are so technically well studied and GTO. And there's some people that like don't give a fuck about that, you know? So it's just like, it's fun. And there, I, for me, it's been like a wave kind of like last year. I feel like I was very, uh, you know, I was very combo and like technically oriented uh, where I would just, if I had the right combo, I would just kind of go for it. And I had, I had a great year, but I'm not sure that that was actually like playing live. I feel like it's much more about like playing exploitatively. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to actually dial now that I am very like technically sort of uh, studied, I guess I'm trying, I'm trying to uh, wind back a little bit and like go back to my, you know, the old me where I would play live and just sort of like make a lot of dis- decisions out of, out of feel, I guess. Right. Is, it, is that tricky sometimes to know in a spot where you're like, you know, you're supposed to bluff in this board and this texture, but you just, you, you like, you know, I know this guy, I think he, let's say, you know, the guy has exactly what he has. Like you're basically, mm-hmm. right, he's got a middle pair, uh, you know, middling type hand. You don't think he can call it down, but you just feel like the guy, you know, you should push, put the pressure on, but you just don't think he's going to fold. Like, is it, do you ever struggle with that type of spot or do you just go for it? Absolutely. No, that I feel like that's the hardest, uh, the hardest part about it. And I, one of the best things like for me in the last, I don't know, year or so, as it pertains to like making those decisions is being like, is my mindfulness training and being able to like really sit with, be in the moment and really try to like get a feel of how he may be feeling emotionally about, you know, whether he's in the mood to fold to me or not sort of. Yeah, that's that's tricky too, right? Because it's like you kind of you don't know. It's like you know, and you're also known as as that question about an old guard. You're sort of know, oh, it's Shannon Shore. You know, a lot of the times when you play in these events, you're going to be the most notable player. That you know, the, the most uh, what's the word uh, accomplished player, like the majority of the time, or one of them, right? There's not too many times that you're at the Borgata tomorrow, day two. There's not going to be 
most likely another player with as good a results as you or well-known as you just, just most realistically. Right. So it's like when you're at that table, you become kind of that guy where it's important to determine, are you playing with someone that really respects you and is like, you know, wants to be your buddy or you look, is it a kid that's dying to tell his friend, like I caught Shannon Shore bluffing or I bluff Shannon Shore. Right. And I, I mean, I think this is, this is to, to, at this point, players like ourselves have been in for a decade plus, uh, more well-known, similar to like a female, right? Like women, people play a little differently. So it's important to know how you show what your perception is. Does that make sense? I'm sure you think about that all the time. So if you're able to determine, is this guy going after me or is he respect me and just kind of want to like stay out of my way? So that's important to sort of understand what that looks like. And, and I think you, you feel like you have a pretty good uh, – pretty good grasp on this that's that's so well said i've thought about all everything you just said um yeah it's the reality is it's so hard to know right like and it's so hard to uh not be like results oriented like if you right. bluff and it gets through like was that actually a good bluff in the in the moment or not it's really hard to know so i, I, I nowadays i'm trying not to like overthink it i'm trying to like trust what i know about human emotion and human beings and like how how they like adjust and um, yeah, just make my best, try not to overthink it and get too much in my head, just like be in the moment and sort of make the decision right there. And if it's, if it's wrong, like that's okay. At least I like make the best decision at the time. I used to be, my, be really hard on myself when I'd like fuck up a hand, but it's honestly like really hard to know if you fucked up a hand. Right. <laughs> yes, it is. It's tricky. It's why it's why poker's so cool too. It's like there's usually I mean, there's just so many different ways you could play a hand or a spot or how you're gonna play against me or versus someone else. It's gonna be different from what position. That's why you know it is cool because like literally there's never the same situation or exact situation, you know, very close, but you know, a lot of different uh maneuverability and 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 different ways you can go about a hand. So it it's a fun game. Tournaments are Tournaments are super fun. Um, all right. Well, Shannon, we have covered a ton. Let's go here. Let's take, uh, let's draw here from the Twitter. Uh, we're going to copy this and I'm going to let you tell me when, and someone's going to win a $55 ticket. So you tell me when, and we're going to close this down and uh, someone's going to win courtesy of Shannon Shore and then party poker giving away the ticket. So tell me when. All right. And stop. Boom. There it is. Someone getting the $55 tweet looks like V9 Victor Dub V9 and a lot of ones. So congrats to you. We'll send you a message. And Shannon, I think uh, that'll conclude for today. I appreciate so much taking the time. I'm glad we got to get this in and we'll wish you luck at the Borgata and hopefully see you at Burning Man and on the stop soon. Thanks, my man. I really appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Shannon Shore, legend of the game. Great guy. Give him a follow. Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff and follow along on his progress. We wish you well on your engagement, your marriage coming up and uh, hopefully join with a, a child of yourself very soon here and enjoy that ride. That's a that's a whole whole nother deal. So best of luck with that. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right. Shannon Shore, everyone. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.